welcome to a reprise episode of Why Are They So Angry, where we look at America's history to expose systemic racism in its institutions. We're taking a short break, but while we're away, we're reprising some of our most popular episodes. During Black History Month, folks hear a lot about achievements Black have made in America. That's interesting, Aunt Carol. A lot of people don't know of how this month even got started. So here we go with the birth of Black History Month. Courtney, you know, our listeners might be surprised to know we can thank Hollywood filmmaker D.W. Griffith, best known for his glorification of white supremacy in his film, The Birth of a Nation, for the creation of Black History Month. Yes, Aunt Carol, as horrifying and racist and disrespectful as Birth of a Nation is, without it, Black History Month may have never been born. That's true. Now, here's how it happened. Carter G. Woodson is the second African-American to earn a Ph.D. in history from Harvard in 1912. So he could see, because of his training, that American history was incomplete, and in many instances, it was being distorted, especially in 1915 by that movie, The Birth of a Nation. The enormously successful movie painted a white supremacist vision of the American past and inspired a resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, Woodson, known he's now known as the father of Black history and the founder of the Association for the Study of Negro Life. It's now called the Association for the Study of African-American Life in History. He launched Negro History Week to encourage the study of African-American history and celebrate the accomplishments of Black African-Americans. And I'm so glad he did because people at that time were looking at Birth of a Nation as a historically accurate account. Yes, you're right. Even President Wilson, who has his own dark side as a racist, screened the film at the White House. And allegedly, we're, we're not sure, that allegedly after seeing the film, he said, quote, it's like writing history with lightning. My only regret is that it is all so terribly true, unquote. Now, there is a debate whether Wilson actually said this or not, but Wilson was a well-known segregationist who mandated segregation in federal offices and jobs. Now, back to Carter G. Woodson. He was known for his groundbreaking book, The Miseducation of the Negro, And he believed that young Black African-Americans in the 20th century were not being taught enough of their own heritage and the achievements of their ancestors. Now, to get his message out, Woodson first turned to his fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi, which created Negro History and Literature Week in 1924. Then in 1926, Woodson sent a press release announcing the first Negro History Week. He chose February because the month contained the birthdays of both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, two prominent men whose historic achievements African-Americans already celebrated. Well, hopefully that puts to rest the silly urban legend that the only reason Black History Month was put in February is because it's the shortest month and often the coldest, so a lot of the events get canceled. Yes, that used to be a joke even I'm guilty of telling. Now, younger members of the Association for the Study of African American History urged the organization to change with the times, including the official shift to a month-long celebration of Black history. In 1976, on the 50th anniversary of the Negro History Week, 
the association officially made the shift to Black History Month. And I'm old enough to actually remember when that happened. Now, since then, every U.S. president has issued a proclamation honoring the spirit of Black History Month. Gerald Ford began the tradition in 1976, saying the celebration enabled people to, quote, seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black African Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. You're right, Aunt Carol, but even though Black History Month, both an idea and practical application, is awesome, there are still some issues to correct. You're right. From its inception to the present, Black History Month has had both its celebrants and its detractors. So what are, the, what are some of the arguments or detractions from the celebration of Black History Month? Well, some detractors, particularly white conservatives, believe teaching Black African-American history is indoctrination and it foments animosity between races. For example, former President Trump created the 1776 Advisory Commission after months of nationwide Black Lives Matters protests against racial injustice. And he charged that commission with promoting what he called a pro-American curriculum that celebrates the miracle of American history. Now, right-wing conservatives have long contended that teachers who fail to print, present U.S. history as heroic and who discuss the country's racist past and present are intentionally indoctrinating students to hate the United States. Within the first day in office, though, President Biden dissolved the commission and removed the report from the White House website. Well, thank you, President Biden, for handling that awful piece of misinformation. But you also mentioned African-Americans have issues or well, some African-Americans have issues with Black History Month. Well, my dear niece, yes, they do. Now, though they're not detractors per se, some Black African-Americans contend that limiting teaching Black history to a single month relegates that history to a footnote in history rather than in as an integral part of the entire American story. They contend that American history should be inclusive of the people, places, events, and everything that include Black African-Americans in context and within school textbooks. Well, I can agree with that, especially since 28 and sometimes 29 days will never be enough to educate and celebrate Black African-American historical contributions to America and the world. So I kind of understand where they're coming from with that. I'm with you too, Court. That makes a lot of sense. Now, others have problems with Black History Month because of instances in which teachers have been insensitive to teaching about Black African-American history, or when they do teach it, it's done within a limited scope, focusing on a handful of highly recognizable figures or with an inordinate emphasis on slavery. In fact, Courtney, I think you have several examples of some Black history lessons gone wrong. I do. One of my favorite TV shows is the Dave Chappelle show, and he always has a skit that's called When Keeping It Real Goes Wrong. And these are going to be some examples of when keeping Black history goes wrong. Now, I am a little bit uh, 
I have a different experience when it comes to learning about Black history. My experience um, came from a very young age. My cousins and I were all taught by not only you, but our parents and grandparents, a very accurate and unvarnished uh, history of the Black African-American experience. Through books, films, and the visual arts, um, these contributions were never hidden and always presented well. And conversations about lackluster or inaccurate history lessons taught to us from school were often uh, the cause of robust family dinner discussions, but we were the exception, not the rule. And, a and in a large case, some students walk away from Black history lessons with scars, permanent ones. Mm -hmm. I I'll give you an example as early as February 2020. Fourth grade students in a Nashville public school were given an assignment called Let's Make a Slave. Oh, no. Nope. Seriously, it was called Let's Make a Slave. Under the supervision of a teacher, uh, under the supervision, a student teacher from Vanderbilt University, um, under the supervision of the class's regular teacher, uh, were provided a copy of the Willie Lynch speech. Hmm. Now, <laughs> Now, this speech has largely been debunked by reputable historians and consider it an urban legend of sorts. However, the contents of this alleged speech are horrific and even, even as, as suspicious as its origins are, the content should not have been given to fourth graders. I've seen that speech, and it's true. It is allegedly a speech, but it's scurrilous and horrifying the way that uh, slavery is described in that speech. Very much so. And for our listeners who may not be familiar with the alleged speech, it was supposedly written by a West Indian plantation owner in the 1700s as an instruction manual to Virginia slave owners. Um, and like we stated before, contains some of the most racist and vile dehumanizing language available. It literally is a blueprint for the enslavement of African Americans on how to break, subjugate, and control slaves. So again, by no means nothing uh, that a fourth grade class should be subjected to. Now, the assignment required students to read the speech and listen to the instructions contained within the speech and then pretend to be actual slaves by folding themselves under their desk, pretending to seek freedom. However, for one student, this lesson was all too real. And it wasn't until that student's mother found this assignment in his backpack um, that they learned about the disturbing lesson. The student, who is Black African-American, was repeatedly terrified at the thought that his family could be broken apart, separated, sold, or even set on fire. Oh, that must have been horrible for that uh, young boy very horrible. Upon learning of the slave assignment, the parents of the students filed a lawsuit against the school district and the teachers involved. The family claimed that the inappropriate content had caused their child physical and emotional uh, harm, and their child is a student who does present on the autism spectrum. So just all of that content may have just been way too emotionally intense. Hmm. 
Now, the child referred to as John Doe in court documents suffered repeated acts of racial harassment by adults and peers, the, the lawsuit alleges. And both the teacher by the name of Andrew Herman and the school district had knowledge of the harassment and the racially hostile education environment, but were indifferent to the child's circumstances. Oh, boy, this suit, this is not great in the annals of education at all. The assignment led to community outrage, including calls from the community and city leaders asking for a stronger oversight and policies for a district which serves nearly 70% black and brown children. The student teacher who taught the lesson was dismissed from the Metro Nashville public school system following the incident, and the supervising teacher was placed on administrative leave at the time, but is back in the classroom. Hmm. Oh boy, I hope uh, not supervising any student teachers or um, allowing anyone to teach these kinds of lessons. Me too. From what I can get from the article and research from different news outlets like USA Today and a local Nashville newspaper, it just says employment by the district. Now, at the time, the school district characterized the content of the assignment as not age appropriate or within the scope or sequence for a fourth grade class. And after the break-in, Carol, I will have a couple more instances of when teaching Black history goes wrong. Well, 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 Courtney, as a former classroom teacher and school administrator, this story is appalling and heartbreaking, both for the child and his family. But another thing that I find really upsetting here is that the student teacher's supervising teacher failed to completely uh, supervise and apparently did very little to ensure that the teacher, the student teacher was doing a job that was appropriate with those children. So let's take a break and um, unfortunately come back later to hear more of these inappropriate lessons and young people victimized as a result. Want to learn more about systemic racism? Or maybe you want to leave us a comment, rate our show, subscribe, get lots of swag, or reach out to us on social media. Well, you can. Go to our website, www.podpage.com, Why Are They So Angry? And connect with Courtney and me. You can even sign up to take our course, Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront It. All that waiting for you at www.podpage.com. Why are they so angry? See you there. Courtney, I wish you were going to tell us that the last story was an aberration, but I guess that's not the case. No, no, I could have my own podcast series called When Teaching Black History Goes Wrong. But here's a few more examples, recent examples, mind you. In March 2019, a white teacher at an affluent New York private school was accused of holding a mock slave auction for her students in which white fifth graders pretended to bid on their black peers. Oh, boy, this is going bad very quickly. Took a sharp turn. Yep. <laughs> Took a really sharp yep. turn. 
The student auction took place at the Chapel School in Bronxville, New York, a private school in an affluent, predominantly white neighborhood north of Manhattan. According to a March 8, 2019 report, the fifth grade teacher had black students leave the classroom and, according to one student, pretended to put on, um, to put on imaginary chains along their necks, wrists, and shackles on their ankles. Sounds a lot like prison, but I digress. The t- <laughs> The teacher teacher then led the students back in the classroom where the white classmates were encouraged to bid on them while the teacher pretended to be the auctioneer. Oh boy, this teacher. (laughs) I just don't even know what to say about this, Courtney. But anyway, let's hear some more. Well, it wasn't until one of the Black parents complained that her son had been humiliated by the activity that the school even chose to investigate the lesson. Now, the school determined that the mock auction was racially racially insensitive and hurtful, and the teacher was fired. Well, How- there we go. And well, that teacher should have. She should have been fired, and I'm glad that she she was fired, but this would not be the only lesson making headlines in 2019. 2019. Now, we're not talking about the 30s, the 40s, or the 50s. We're talking about 2019 when people should know better. Uh, yeah, not even at the inception of Black History Month where it was bright, shiny, and new, where missteps could be forgiven. This is 2019. It seemed to be the year for high-profile controversies revolving around poorly conceived lessons about slavery in American schools. In Wilmington, North Carolina, you'll remember them from Capital Chaos, a school in Wilmington, North Carolina, instead of teaching about the coup that happened, Instead, a teacher decided on making students play a Monopoly-like role-playing game called Escaping Slavery. Mm, It should have been called Escaping the Coup in Wilmington, but anyway. Maybe a field trip to where the Black-owned newspaper was burned down. Maybe learning the history of why our school was named after a white supremacist. Who knows? But... One of the aspects of escaping slavery was a freedom punch card. And if a group of students landed on a particular game space, it read as followed. If your group runs into trouble four times, you'll be severely punished and sent back to the plantation to work on to work as a slave. Oh, my. Oh, my. This I again, (laughs) I am speechless. I am speechless. But let's go on. Well, in Loudoun County, Virginia, they were criticized for having students run an obstacle course intended to simulate movement through the Underground Railroad. The school said that the lesson was intended to teach teamwork and communication, adding that the students weren't explicitly told to think of themselves as enslaved people. Um, It's called the Underground Railroad Obstacle Course, not the team building obstacle course. So who else would be escaping freedom? But I digress. But I wasn't the only person who brought up, brought up that glaring fact. The Loudoun County NAACP did as well. And well, they should have. Well, thankfully now, you know, due to social media posts uh, seen by parents and civil rights groups, so many more of these hurtful lessons have been brought to light. But we may never know how many other lessons are not being talked about. 
I can think of, you know, being a fourth grader and having a teacher explain to me that slavery was kind of like black people's immigration story, but I Mm. knew a whole lot better. But how many other kids believe that? Mm-hmm. Now, now, what is clear, though, is that these simulations fit into a larger set of difficulties that school systems are facing across America by, number one, putting Black history into the box of slavery and not connecting it to other issues going on today, which distances the fight for injustice now from what students would call ancient history back then. So that's why you get the argument, why can't you get over it? I never owned a slave. What does that have to do with us now? Because if you only teach slavery in the 1800s, the connection can't be made. You have made an excellent point, Courtney. And what I find most disturbing about these examples is the teachers thought these so-called lessons about slavery are appropriate as Black History Month lessons. Now, having been an educator or being an educator myself, I know that simulations are always a tricky teaching technique. They can be very, very good and excellent ways to get lessons across, but they can easily blow up just like the ones you described. Now, besides the goal Carter G. Woodson had for Black History Month, um, when I look back at these lessons, he would probably be appalled because his whole point was to highlight the positive contributions of Black African-Americans to this country. Obviously, these teachers missed the point by dwelling on slavery, which in my opinion is really more about the history of white inhumanity toward other human beings rather than on the accomplishments of Black African-Americans. Exactly, and Carol. And with all the resources available, the very least being Google, the fact that teachers are still doing the slaves only narrative only enforces a sense of shame in black students and a sense of indifference to white students. It helps neither set. You're right. Now, even when educators make an effort to expand the notion of Black History Month beyond slavery, for the most part, educators say, K-12 students who do learn about Black African-American history are hearing about the same few historical figures over and over. So if it's not a lesson on slavery, it's a lesson on the usual suspects, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, and President Barack Obama. Now, while those lives are undoubtedly worthy of study, and I think they must be taught, they do not exist in a vacuum. So true. This podcast alone, shameless plug, gives tons of examples of people, places, and things that can be taught not only during Black History Month, but all year long. Yes, yes, they can. And a limited view of when and what to teach under the banner of Black history can be a bone of contention. For example, not only do many Black History Month lessons and activities focus on a few high-profile individuals, they often narrowly focus on a handful of historical events. For instance, the 20th century civil rights movement tends to be where Black history ends in many American schools. Now, Christopher Busey, a University of Florida professor who has researched Black history and social studies standards, says, quote, their, their, meaning students, last conceptions of Black citizenship are tied to this idea that we all had a dream, we overcome, and Obama was elected president, unquote. He's being facetious, of course, but the point is there's so much more uh, richness to Black African-American history beyond just a few people and a few events. 
Absolutely right. And again, that's where you get the apathy and the indifference. And you hear things like, you had a Black president, racism is over. And this is coming from adults, adults who were at one time students who were taught the slave only or the greatest hits version of Black History Month. Yep, that greatest history version is one they've been getting and doing over and over. I sometimes think maybe that's just plain old laziness in the educators to not look beyond what they um, do from year to year. Now, another drawback to teaching Black African-American history with a narrow focus is that stories often end up being told through a white lens. For example, through that lens, stories of Black people resisting white supremacy in any other way than nonviolent protest is often left out. Now, focusing almost exclusively on the study of oppression can crowd out the study of African-American contributions uh, to society, as well as African contributions, such as the libraries and intellectual life of Timbuktu to the earliest calendars and forms of mathematics that were developed on the African continent. So true. Like I said, I can remember in elementary school uh, when a teacher tried to explain that without slavery, even though it was as bad as it was, we would still be in Africa as if being in Africa was a bad thing. Or when we watch historical shows, even though they're alternate history shows, Black people have no idea of their rich history in Europe as well, thinking that there was no way that Black people could be in the aristocracy anywhere. A lot of times schools want to avoid tension or potential situations that could be brought up when students learn about the history of white supremacy in America. They're afraid that Black students may retaliate if taught a darker form of history. Well, learning the darker history can be the very thing that helps us overcome that dark history. My motto is knowledge plus action equals power. The more you know, the more powerful you become. Just like the motion picture Birth of a Nation triggered the creation of Black History Month, the Black Lives Matter movement has prompted changes and improvements in how, when, where, and how Black history is starting to be addressed in schools. For example, Seven states have launched commissions designed to oversee state mandates to teach Black history in public schools. And Illinois requires public colleges and universities to offer Black history courses. Now, to meet the rising demand for resources, at least six Black history textbooks are on the market, as well as lesson plans on websites, including Teaching Tolerance, Teaching for Change, Zen Education Project, and Rethinking Schools. Now, the most downloadable lessons from the Zen Education Project website for most of 2019 were about reconstruction. So just like you said earlier, Courtney, there is plenty of material out there for teachers to use so they don't have to fall back on that old slavery lesson. Now, in 2005, Philadelphia became the first major American city to require students to take a Black history course to to actually graduate. Now, that seems like a step in the right direction. Definitely a step that needs to turn into a run. Columbia University Teachers College and the University of Notre Dame and Tuskegee University, they've started that run because they have collaborated to create an advanced placement seminar on the African diaspora that's being piloted in 11 schools. And there are also lesson plans available based on Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s 2017 PBS documentary, Africa's Great Civilizations. 
Well, that's awesome. And any doc, a documentary by Henry Louis Gates Jr. gets a seal of approval from me. And there's also many YouTube sites that do historical insights like Hip Hughes History and Home Team History that talk about African history in Africa and Hip Hughes History that talks about it in America. Well, you are a wealth of information. And just like yourself, I love Henry Louis Gates Jr. as well. So confining Black history lessons to February, as many schools do, is the exact opposite of what Woodson envisioned. Also, limiting the study to a handful of important historical figures, historic events, or emphasis on slavery was not his vision either. Dr. Woodson often said he hoped the time would come when Negro History Week would be unnecessary when all Americans would willingly recognize the contributions of Black Americans as a legitimate and an integral part of the history of this country. Ultimately, Woodson wanted us to commit to telling the complete and vibrant story of American history without the need to slice out Black African American history. So true. Black history is 365 days a year in American history, and February should just be the starting off point, not the destination. I like that metaphor. So what's our next destination, Courtney? Our next uh, our next destination, grab your Letterman jacket and pom-poms. We're heading back to college. HBCUs, no doubt. So we couldn't go to Hillman, but we're going to give you the real thing. We're going to study the history and the reasons why these schools are so special in the hearts of African-Americans. Hmm. Well, I can't wait to take that trip. Well, if you miss us in the meantime, you can always find us on the on the web, on Twitter at W-A-T-S-A underscore online, www.whyaretheysoangry.com, where you can take our course, see it, say it, confront it, on Instagram at Why Are They So Angry, and on Facebook at Why Are They So Angry. That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time where we continue providing the answer to the question, why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.